Talk Show. Recorded live. Good evening. Today is September 1st, and this is our third quarter Black Men's Quarterly BMQ phone mentoring call-in, where we believe that one who learns teaches, and by controlling the rite of passage, the men decide when a boy becomes a man. In this call, we have some very respectable guests who are going to share their thoughts on what are the triggers that indicate you are now moving through properly to become a man and take on the responsibilities and the respect given to a man. And most importantly, for those that call in or hear this call later, um, what are your barriers? What's keeping you stuck? What's keeping you from being a successful business owner or what's keeping you from being gainfully employed where you can support not just yourself, but you can also support a family and you're not reliant on illegal activity to do those things. So um, I'm going to minimize so that these two um, men and other men that join in are maximized and optimized and can kick us off with, you know, if the framework is you must think like a man, two, carry yourself like a man, three, the community respects you as a man, and you are shouldering the responsibilities as a man, what's keeping anyone from moving through those processes? And for you right now and where you're walking, um, just what's on your mind? What what do you think about that? Uh, go ahead. You go first, brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I I guess I'm guessing. Um, and, and what? Well, let me rephrase. Since I have two sons, um, I'm of the opinion that uh, manhood training starts when they start asking questions, you know, when they get, I guess, four or five years old and they do the why, why, why thing, because everything that you instill in them is what they are going to know. So you can't wait until they're 12, 13, 14 years old, because by that time they've been in school for a few years and they, you know, and, and their environment has, you know, started to, to shape in their minds to what they would think a man is. I mean, watching TV and being on the Internet these days and, you know, reading books and stuff, if they read the wrong books, whatever they put into their heads is what they're going to perceive of as being right. So I think that when when they start uh, asking you questions, you know, Daddy, what is this? Daddy, what is that? You know, then you have to, you know, fill their heads with, you know, good information, or you're only going to have yourself to blame later. Hmm. That sounds like a good analogy. Now, um, personally, I um, I missed years with my son. My son is 19, and um, I'm blessed that he's uh, going off to college. He just went off to college this week. Um wasn't really in his life because, um, you know, as uh, I believe, Joan, you were mentioning something in regards to 
women and them playing men when it comes to sexual activity and, you know, uh, thinking that that would make them a man. Of, you know, I guess toying with them when it comes to sex is not going to make them a man. Women cannot mold a man. Uh, education, educating themselves and um you know, getting some type of mentoring because uh, a lot of our young black men are not being raised by their fathers. They're being raised by their mothers. And um, the training or how uh, what I call it is programming because from the time we're born, we're all programmed. And a lot of our parents, like uh, even my parent, um, was uh, believed that, you know, they would get a switch if we did something wrong. And I realized that, uh, come to the realization later on in life, that that wasn't the answer. That was something that they were programmed, our ancestors, to whoop their child. So since they didn't have a whoop, they used a switch. And they said, go out and get me a switch. And, um, you know, a lot of our children are are being branded in this method. And uh, it's really programming their generation after generation to whip our children. And I do more talking. Uh, I'm a single dad. I think I mentioned uh, my daughter's 11. I'm blessed to have had her since birth. But, uh, you know, in regards to the whipping our children instead of talking to them more, uh, I think that making, you know, helping a young man to become a man, we need to not only talk to him and not only talk at him, but to teach them and to show them by example of what a man should be doing in regards to responsibility, in regards to uh, really sticking it out, and you know, setting goals for yourself and uh, really achieving your goals, not quitting. Because a lot of our young men, I believe, are quitting because they don't feel that they can make it or they, they're not, uh, how do they say, they're not up to the standard of society as the quote-unquote white man wants them to be, and that's why we are unable to get jobs and get paid the way we should be because there are a lot of positive black men that are actually getting paid pretty well. I like what you said, brother. That, 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 that does make sense. Uh, you know, our, our young men uh, do have a, a false sense of reality um, in a way uh, because they don't have their fathers around and they're raised by women. And like you said, um, not saying women can't raise boys uh, just like you are raising your daughter, but, you know, in a way, you know, trying to, sounding, if you want to say, sexist for a second, uh, uh, we shouldn't, women shouldn't have to raise their son, their sons. That is the man's job, the, 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 the father's job to do, or at least, um, a male family member are, um, to assist with if the father is not around um, because boys need certain, certain training and certain things uh, um, that women don't know or can't provide just like you can't uh, teach your, your daughter certain things. Like I have an 11-year-old daughter also, and I, I can't. I have a nice, I have a twenty twenty uh twenty two year old daughter also, but I, I couldn't teach either one of them the the woman skills that they need, you know, like the feminine hygiene stuff because I never did all that. I can see it on TV, I can watch a video or something, but that's her mother's job. 
Exactly. So, you know, exactly. some things we can't or should not tr- attempt to do because that's not our, our role. I mean, women could, could try to raise a boy to what she wants him to be, but obviously you see how that turns out for the majority of men, you know, because obviously she wasn't a good example of what, you know, uh, or she didn't have a good example of, of what a man's supposed to be because she picked his, his father that had on his track shoes. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, not saying that it it, it shouldn't happen, but, you know, we, we definitely need, you know, uh, the, the same sex to teach the same sex. And also, um, we do need some form of uh, man training, like in uh, in Roots, I guess you could say. something. Now, here's the deal. Be, you know, to, to add to that, uh, because it will probably come up about Steve Harvey, um, I think that when you're dealing with black men, um, it should be, and black women, we should, we should take the example of the Nation of Islam um, when, ra- when, when, when dealing with uh, raising men and women as far as black men and black women and not the Steve Harvey approach to whoever's popular or whoever we can get to a big name to, to talk to people. Because, you know, being in this world, and especially in America, we need to know how to navigate society um, through the eyes of someone who has to navigate society um, with us, not with someone who is outside of our sphere of navigation, if that makes any sense. It does. So I I think that we need to uh, come up with some form of uh, man training curriculum uh, or program that is uh, specifically uh, created for and by uh, black, black men. I have an idea in my head, but to what Joan was saying, what makes uh, you uh, unable to, 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 to get a business going or whatever, it takes uh, money and support. And that's yes. one thing that, that a lot of us do not have is the money. You can have an idea. You can have a million-dollar idea, but if you don't have the money to get it off the ground, uh, uh, you know, that – that's where you're you're kind of stuck. You gotta you gotta crawl, you know, and that's that's where I'm stuck at with with my business because I have a million dollar idea, but I don't have the money to get it, you know, going the way I have it visioned in my head. And and the way I talked to Joan about it, a bunch of times it, it sounds good, but if you don't have the money, you can't get it going. But we do have money in our community, but we just need to find the right people that are willing to assist us. You know, and and that's where we can get this man training thing going in the right direction. Okay, um, I, I agree with a lot that you said. The only one thing that I disagree with is when you use the word "can't." I um, have eliminated "can't." If um, if we could, I've eliminated that from my vocabulary. So. That just may help because uh, one of the things that you've heard before, uh, the spoken word is powerful. And um, I'm learning some of the things that I'm learning, uh, like the laws of the universe. If you heard the, the book, The Secret, they have it on DVD audio. Um, Napoleon Hill, yes. Uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. It's really in your mind what you can't do because when you say you can't, you're actually limiting yourself and 
You, you actually can't. You know why? Because you're saying you can't, and you're putting it in the air, and you're like a receptacle. And when you think, whatever thoughts you have illuminate into the universe, and, you know, not to get all spiritual and holy because I'm not a minister or anything like that, but uh, I think about when my mom used to take me to church when I was younger, and a minister said, you know, God said, ask and believe it, and you can achieve it, and, you know, whatever you want, he's going to bless you with it. People go to church two hours out of the week on a Sunday, and they have faith for two hours, which makes the church very powerful because everyone is in there giving thanks. And when you give thanks and you say, I'm thankful and grateful, I'm thankful, Father, I'm thankful and I'm grateful, thank you for the blessings, and then you leave the church, you're leaving all the blessings right there, and the minister is getting so blessed from, from that. And then when people <laughs> walk out of the church, People walk out of the church, and they lose all their faith. The next thing you know, they're complaining about their bill. They're complaining about their back. My foot hurts. This hurts. They wake up on the wrong side of the bed Monday morning, and they say, oh, man, i got to get up and go to work. So their thoughts totally transform from being thankful and grateful to, oh, God, i got to wake up another day to go to this job. So, you know, it's how people are thinking. And people don't have that energy or they don't want to, uh, you know, change their thinking. It's your thought patterns that limit us. And we're programmed from the time we're born to say, you got to get out and you got to work a job and you got to bust your hump 50 to 60 hours. How y'all doing? 50 to 60 hours a, a week just, just to make ends meet, which is not the case. It's actually about... Building a team. Do you know this, this past year, over $70 billion was paid out in commissions to different uh, companies that have affiliate marketing on the end of them. People are making lots of money, but you know what? Our people don't want to work for commission. If you say, well, you're not getting paid hourly, you get a bonus when you make a sale, they say, nah, nah, nah. I'm going to go and get a job, and I want to feel comfortable that my, my bills are paid. So they'll go get a job for $8.50, $9 an hour, making someone else's dream. They'll go in there getting paid beans. I'm going to tell you, I used to work. I, I've done a lot of things. I've installed carpet. Um, I went from installing carpet with my father. I you know, connected with him later on in life, did that for about five years. His tools got stolen. He had two sets of tools, and he said, I couldn't work with him no more because, you know, come on, both of you can't use the same knife. Both of you can't use the same, you know, all the tools that he has. I need to have my separate set. So I stopped working with him, ended up uh, doing some, I was a little bad boy. You know, I ended up running the street myself until I found myself at a point where I said, you know something, I want to make a change. And it comes within your mind when you want to make a change or when these young black men want to make a change in their life, they've really got to be committed to making that change. And the change comes from within, and they have to start thinking differently. And when they start thinking differently, like, well, you know something? I can start my own business because you can. I'm incorporated. It's been, uh, you know, some time in getting things back together, but I'm working on getting some groups together here in Queens, like I was doing in Albany. And, um, you know, I kind of had uh, one bad seed in my organization 
when we were having meetings uh, for True Health Incorporated, and he started coming up with other ideas, which I thought was good, but initially what I wanted to do was assist individuals seeking employment and housing and help people you know, in the hood with advocacy and everything, and he wanted to add a whole lot of different programs, and he just started throwing a whole lot of muck and mire in the business. So the 15 to 17 people that I had coming together in the public library, because you could have meetings in the public library, um, you know, especially if you have an organization, you can schedule a time to get a room at no charge in a public library. So, uh, you know, just a thought for you, if, you know, if you're considering and you need uh, people. But another thing with our people I notice is if they're not getting paid, they might say, yeah, you know, that's great. I, you know, I support your idea, but they will not stick it out and continue to come to the meetings because they're not getting paid. So we're looking for more people with a bigger heart that don't mind coming out and supporting the meetings. And also there is funding. Uh, I have, if you want, we could maybe connect or whatever. Um, and I, do you have an organization? Is it a nonprofit organization, or what type of organization do you have? Well, oh, um, I don't, I, I don't have a nonprofit. I have, a, I have a, uh, my business is incorporated. Um, but um, I don't know if Joan told you about me, but I started. Um, OurTimeNow.com, and the reason I started Our Time Now is because of Facebook. Because um, black people were, all my friends um, were complaining about getting, you know, kicked off, banned, suspended, or whatever on Facebook. So uh, we were talking about getting our own. Nobody else moved, so I decided to go find out for myself. And when I found out, and I built the site, and I was like, Hey, all right, come on, let's go, let's get on the site. Everybody has everybody put their they, they, they feet in the mud. <laughs> well, not everybody, uh-huh. but a lot of people put their feet in the mud. So gotcha. um, the guy I was trying that was that was supposedly going to help me, he did the same kind of thing as you. He had a billion ideas, but he didn't want to do them legal. Not when I say legal, is he didn't want to do it on paper. I told him, I said, hey, I think I need to get this incorporated because if we start getting transacting money and everything, I want to make sure that I I don't go to jail. You know, because if you right. do one thing. For black people, white people don't like it. So the the first thing they're gonna try to do is catch you on something. So they're gonna try to the easiest thing to do is get you on money. So I said I want to make sure everything's legal. Oh, we don't need to do that. I said okay, well look here, we can do one or two things. Either we do it my way, or you can keep it pushing. So he decided to bounce, or I kicked him out. So okay. um, I did. You know, I started this because, like I said, I wanted to do something for us because it it doesn't make any sense for us to be having. These kind of conversations on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, because nobody's going to take us serious. So that's why right. I started it. And then I started the, the, the business because I said if I can get uh, or when I get enough people to, to support in the site and everything, somebody will say, hey, you know, I like what you're doing. Let me give you some money so you can get this to the next level. I'm not talking about Mark Zuckerberg money because obviously a black person is never going to probably get that. <laughs> but you right. know, at least enough to get off the ground, and then I can start hiring black people, and then I can show people, look, this is what you do. I'm not the brightest person in the world. I just I, I took a piece of information and ran with it until I got to the next piece and kept running until I got the business going, and you can do the same exact thing. you know. So right. I'm, I'm kind of in the same vein as you are, um, 
you know, it's just that, like I said, my, my biggest sticking point is that I don't have at this moment the money to get off the ground because, like I said, my main goal is, but I don't, and then the other problem is I don't really have a product, which is not really a problem, but I, I don't have a product to sell that makes it a, you know, a, a, a Google or something like that. All I have is the website, um, which is which is cool to start, but, you know, I don't have, like, I can make T-shirts and things, but I don't have a dedicated product. So that's another hard, hard part, uh, hard uh, hardship for me. But it's cool because it's Try the way that I wanted to do it. Try How? challenging, buddy. Try challenging. It's, it's not challenging? hard, it's challenging. And just if you don't mind, you know, uh, just uh, just a little advice. Take if out your vocabulary and and you know uh, say when you get it. Don't oh, I'm working on that. It. I'm it's working. When, yeah, it's when you get it. Now uh, we definitely, I'd like to definitely connect with you because um, you know I I have some ideas in regards to fundraising activities and uh, coming together because uh-huh. I don't have a business I don't have a business bank account. But just to kind of throw this out there to you, um, you know. Uh, doing some fundraising by phone, uh, raising funds for the not-for-profit or raising funds to support your cause and donating funds toward True Help Incorporated, if we could put a plan together in that manner, okay, where it the funds would support both your organization and True Help Incorporated, you would, like, donate a portion to True Help Incorporated. You get where I'm coming from? Oh, I got you. I have no problem with that. I mean, that's the other problem I had. I was even trying to, I think I told Joan about this, I was trying to start a scholarship a black, uh, for, for black students. And it wasn't a whole lot of money, but it was out of my pocket. I was going to try to donate 500 bucks. So, but, and um, I, I asked people, I said, hey, you know, how can you get a scholarship going? Nobody had an idea. So I, I found out, and the first college, the, the college I, I attended, they were all with it until the lady got fired. And then the next, then the dean, he never called me back. Then I found another lady. She says, you was going to help me. He never called me back. I, I, I keep running in the stumbling box uh, from, unfortunately, from black people who are, for argument's sake, they are jealous and don't want me to go anywhere. They, 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 they steal my idea, uh, you know, I've talked about five different people, and all five of them have created a black social media site off of off of my idea. Now all of them have folded, but the thing is, they all did not want to work with me. You know, nobody, with with few exceptions, nobody wants to really work with me. They don't. They 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 want to be the chief and not an Indian. And I'm like, dude, I don't have a problem with working with nobody. I'm I don't. I tell people all the time. I just created this site. If you want to add some information, go ahead. Whatever you want to add, if it's for the upliftment of black people, I'll have no problem at all. If you have an idea that I, that I about something that I don't know how to do, please help tell me how I can get it done, and I'll try to get it on the site or whatever. But they they, they don't want to work with me. Right. Everyone wants to be the head. That's the, that's the bottom line. Yeah, and it's not like I'm making a million dollars. It would be different if I could see they were jealous because, oh, he got, he, got, he got a $3 million deal to do the site. No, I ain't making right. nothing. I'm paying for all this out of my pocket. So what are you what are you hating on me for? <laughs> you know? Well, so I guess it's just well, the I thing to do. Think, 
I really don't think you need to. Uh, my name is Calvin, man. Young brother, I really don't think you need to. Uh, I think you th- need to not be so concerned about the issues of, you know, the the types of people because you're going to come across those types of people no matter what race you're in and no matter where you are. You know, when it comes to business, you know, it's just a number of people. It's the level we're on. Uh, We can raise that level. You can raise it. There's a group of people out there, I'm sure, uh, that you can run into that could basically uplift uh, you to another level. There is some people out there. As far as the scholarship piece, we... uh, a learning team program that can be duplicated nationally where young men can build a scholarship off our product. And um, we got a program called Future Leaders. Tomorrow is our uh, open house. We've had these kids, but now we, we've also had product. And so now what we're doing is taking our product. We're partnering with Edward Jones. We're going to teach the young men finance, investment, the whole nine. And so what you have to do is, because that's part of, you know, I remember I was listening to you, and I remember when, um, you know, that was an an issue for me. And, uh, you know, I kept listening and saying, and the one thing that we got to understand is there is a segment of people like that. So you got to have your MOUs when you sit down at the table and you get ready to share that idea. Make sure you got that MOU, that Memorandum of Understanding, so they can't take advantage of that. I remember uh, the first time I called somebody about a uh, nonprofit. They were doing a nonprofit, biggest thief in the game. And and they did that. And they, they took an idea. They just took one. They couldn't take nothing else, but they took that little one little idea, and they did it. And, then, you know, it made a bunch of money, but, in the, but it ended up costing her her divorce. It ended up costing her marriage and everything. She ended up falling crashing, you know, and then having to be manipulative, you know, with her body. But the the bottom line is, brother, the brother was right. We all have to get rid of Kent. I got a, a quote for that. Kent is a coward that never tries. We don't have to participate in that. Um, if is always a possibility uh, in the beginning, but when you get in the middle of the road, it's no longer if, it's about it's going to happen. You know, um, a lot of times we have general conversation and we use it, but in order to uh, for us to grow and prosper, we have to put a product out here that everyone can buy, not just your people. Because if you notice, if we recognize in, in the process, it can be to help your people because that's the one thing we need to do is bring and build corporations so we can hire our people because our our people are walking into corporations in these other areas where they're hiring 80% of their people. And you're left to spend, you're left to spend for 2 3% of a job. And now that you're no longer the biggest minority, which was, a, you know, a plan executed by the president before Barack, you know, um, now that you're not the biggest minority, if you notice, no one has to, we, we, we become the smallest minority and then 
you are you have the highest murder rate amongst yourself, then you have these things. And so what we're doing is you're waking up to the fact of we're waking up to a fact of poor treatment based on the fact you're no longer the biggest minority. So in that regard, we have to stop putting on display how we treat each other. We have to take your business idea, and if we can help, sis, share the resources. We can no longer be talking and wasting our time and having the conversations where we're just going to up ourselves. We have to share the resources. You know, I, I, and I say that because of my son stopped by today, and my son has got this great idea for an app, and he went right to it. He went straight to a brother, sat right next to the brother. Brother was talking about all this money and everything. And then after he left that uh, situation with the guy, the guy said, oh, yeah, I got some money from IT, you know, talking or whatever. He goes and sits at a, a little cubicle, and they were talking, and he just walks up and have a conversation with him. Lo and behold, today, dude sent over the memorandum of understanding, loved the idea, and my son taught him his plan was to hire his friend to give them jobs so if they could build this app, that's what he wanted to do. And so the guy, Caucasian guy, sent him a memorandum of understanding, right? And so when the Caucasian guy sent him a memorandum of understanding, he took it, and he took it to a friend that's a lawyer to look it over. And so that's the process that he's in right now, and he's 26 and, and on his way, but that's what we have to do. We have to we got to get on the phone and say, hey, brother, I'm about to do such and such. Let's share that information and share that resource. Say, hey, maybe you might want to try this. Because that's what we need to do more than us just, you know, specifically talking about the targeted. Let's really begin to bridge the gap on the resources and the information. And, 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 and that is where you're stuck at. Because as soon as you go and share your information with a snake and you're just talking to them, yeah, they're going to do that, especially if they got the resources. But if we're sharing the resources, we all could get it. But that's their greed. We breeded that. You see what I'm saying? Just like the brother was talking about the spankings and all of that. I, I disciplined my kids with a strike three method. So I haven't had to whip my children. You know, I haven't had to whip my children nowhere near about the way I got whipped. And and I think that that is a model that I think we can, you know, we can uh, we can share. We can share the resources. I need some loans. I need to, you know, some information. But my product has been on Ron's House, NFL Network, MTV. We're growing. And so we found a way to turn this around. So now we got a, a, a program that can go in any state. It's up for sale. And we're excited about that. And it can be duplicated, but guess what it's going to do? It's going to create new leaders. And that's the whole thing that we have to do. Not everybody's going to be a chief. Some people pretend to be a chief because of television and movie and music and all that other stuff. And that's why you see all these, uh, you know, entertainers being taken advantage of uh, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, just like New Edition got their first video with they got some scooters so i mean we're beyond that now you know we're only a hundred and some years free uh let's 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 move beyond the narrative of it just being about race and let's compete to the level that everybody can say 
we're in the game because right now we're not in the game. We're still chasing and sniffing. <clears throat> I guess uh, uh, this is Tommy and Gosier. I'm just jumping in real quickly. Um, uh, I know earlier we were talking about um, uh, boys becoming men and at what age, I, I, I think I heard, what, what age that a boy uh-huh. becomes a man. And I, I did hear from someone stated that I guess the conversation would come up when they become when they start asking questions about certain things, whatever certain thing is. That was I, I personally totally uh kinda I do disagree because a boy gradually becomes a man. So meaning that he's not gonna just instantly start questioning at age ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen or whatever the age is, I think that the, the boy becomes a gradually becomes a man as as a little baby because he he is observing everything that if you, personally if you have a mother and father in the household if he 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 is observing everything that the mother does and the father does and he can decipher basically which one is the man which one the woman. And if he's a boy, I'm thinking he should, he's going to be trying to do the thing that the man is doing in the household. So if this particular man is not working in the household, possibility he's not going to work as as he uh, get older. Now I'm going to read it, it, it's something here. Um, almost 75 percent of black children are born to unwed mothers. And a recent study finds that young men are less likely to flourish when raised by single mothers. We should not, however, adversely judge these mothers, given their partners are often unreliable providers. More low-skilled men can succeed as father and husband only if they work more regularly. I'm not just saying that all black men. Black men uh, are not working. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of black men are, are working. Uh, for myself, I work in the school system, and I would say if I were to put a percentage on, I guess the 80 kids that I, I basically direct, you know, I, I socialize with, I would say two uh, under 2% have mother and father at the house. Now, um, I hate to say some probably have multiple men coming in and out of their house day, uh, weekly, daily, I don't know how, how much it is, but they constantly see different men and, and, and this causes low self-esteem towards the man and this, depending on what is going on at the house when those men are there, Tends to just say if he comes over there, just I'm just say just to sleep with her. Now he he would tend to look at other women the same way. I mean, he may not address it that, that because his mother's doing it. That's why he's doing it. But in the back of his head, it is. But I think uh, I think the brother was, talking, uh, was saying about what we can do, what we will do. 
and, and not use the word uh, if or um, we can't. I, I agree with that. I, I, I choose not to use those words either. That we can't, we can't do this. We can't do that because somebody else. The way I look at it, somebody else doing it. I mean, we could do it too. Right. Can I share something with you? Yes, sir. With you guys about that component, right? This is the. I'm gonna just give you this importance for fathers, right? Social emotional development, right? Right. So what what they discovered is when the father is present early, right? The early involvement by fathers is the primary care of the child is a source of emotional security. So when right. a so when a child doesn't have the presence of the father, right? At, at birth, they're already off, right? So right. just 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 go with me on that one. Then, right. uh, and that was in a research study done in 2011, right? Fathers' right. affectionate treatment of their infants contributes to high levels of secure attachment. When a father's there early, they develop a secure attachment, right? Uh, when fathers acknowledge their child's emotional response and help them address it with a problem-solving approach. The children score higher on tests of emotional intelligence. What they discovered also was that when a father's present early, and we're still on the father being present early, when the father is present right. early in a child's life, a child t- children have a sense of taking tests. The cognitive development is there. We have become, um, uh, if we go into the race portion of it, Black men, we have always been spiritual. Remember how they show you in Roots and any of the African place, they show you that the man holds up the child and gives it back to God. Right. Right? All right. So that's a passage that we totally eliminated here in the United States. Now, one of the things, while I've been doing this research, because I'm on my second book, one of my companies is called Good Father's Own. And one of the, one of the, one of the real basis of this information that, was, that, that is just, is very, very uh, surprising in everything. We had conversations with plenty of people talking about that the most important time for a father to be in a child's life is when a child was about to turn 12, right? That's right around puberty, adolescence, that whole piece. But the problem is is that right then and there, everything as far as development is gone. So when we check into the African-American child and they, they say, okay, what's the problem? What's the number one reason why our young men and why the incarceration rate for our young women and women now, because right now our women are being incarcerated at high levels as well. So we are breeding this this anger, you see? So kids wake up and there is no father, there's no balance, there's no nothing. You get all of this one type of thing. We have praised this model for hundreds of years in the United States when, in fact, if you go across the globe, in America, we're the only people that give their sons to their mothers. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, can I can I speak, please? Go for it. Uh, once again, my name is Victor Jarvison. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, because uh, I, I really I, I had to sit back and absorb what it was that I was hearing from everyone in regards to fathers being in their children's lives. Um, I have children and uh, one, I mean, I have daughters, um, you know, my, my ex-wife, she got remarried, uh, you know, but 
it's not always the father's fault that he's not in the children's lives. There's a lot of games that are being played by these women, okay? I love women to death. Don't get me wrong. But there's games that are being played, and at the same time, there's too many women out here running around saying, well, I could do it all by myself. My mom did, and she's feeling like she's the head. She doesn't want to hear anything from the black man, okay, uh, because there's no respect for the black man anymore. I mean, when it comes to in a relationship. I've looked at other relationships when it comes to different races, like, you know, uh, someone was mentioned, mentioning uh, people who are Arabic, you know, the nation of Islam. I've looked at, I've seen relationships of people who are Oriental, Chinese, Italian, Greek, whatever, you name it, Irish. You do not, I have never seen a Chinese woman cursing her man out in the street. Mm -hmm. I've never seen an Irish woman cursing her man out in the street. I've not seen an Arabic woman cursing her man out in the street. But our sisters here curse and disrespect their man all up and down the block. I don't care where they're at. So in regards to gaining respect back for the black man, how do we gain that respect back as the head of the household? Because I I was mentioning earlier, I didn't ordain myself as head of the household. God did. God ordained me king, okay? So uh, when I turn around and I'm, well, I'm uh, thankfully and uh, gratefully engaged and going to be married, thank God for that. But uh, it took me almost 45 years to find the, the woman that I, I know this is it. And I've been married before and divorced, okay? Right. Uh, it's mm-hmm. having that woman that's understanding. She's understanding. She's compassionate. She's, oh, man, just loving and caring and she treats me the way I should be treated. In turn, I treat her the same way, and I submit to her. It's, yes, right. baby, what do you need, honey? And she'll turn around and cater to me, and I cater to her. We have too many of our women that don't want to cater to a man, but meanwhile, she wants her hair and nails done, okay? Uh, meanwhile, I met you, and you had buckshots in the back of your head. Now, all of a sudden, you need your nails and hair done every doggone week. And it doesn't make sense because you want to go on a fashion spree, okay? It's not about that. It even tells them in the Bible that a woman should cover herself. Everybody's running around wearing these belly-out shirts, okay? They're showing all their body. I noticed there was a a post on Facebook, and a woman said something to the regards of, uh, if a woman asks you to go to church on your first date, would you? And there was a guy that said, heck no. He said, that's too much pressure, right? But I tell you one thing, if she would have asked that same guy, would he take some on the first date? If she turned around and gave it up, I bet you he would say, yeah, it's not too much pressure to do that. So also, we can all compromise when it comes to scheduling a time to have intercourse, but after she gets pregnant, it's all about her and it's all about him and no one wants to compromise anymore. You know you turned around and asked her, listen, honey, I get off work Friday night at 6 o'clock. And she said, well, I don't get off until 7. So you compromised, and you said, well, we could meet at your house at 9, and we could do the dirty deed. You compromised on that. But then when it came down to anything else, compromising went out the window. So we need to compromise more. We need to listen more, and that's on both parts. And I'm just, bottom line is, 
these women are not respecting the men at all. It's really, you know, what I see, what I see is really not, it's disgusting. Because, you know, for, for a woman to turn around and call a guy all kind of this, that, and the other in the street, and he's calling her, do you know, excuse my expression, you guys, and I know we're on a recording, but if women are running around calling women my nigga, and men are calling women bitch, I mean, where's our society going to? I can't believe women calling each other my nigga. What is, what is that? So that's, that's uh, <laughs> brother. I, I, I feel you because I, I I try to uh, <laughs> address that um, same scenario a lot. I I contradict everything that we that we seem to label. If you notice that within our culture, we seem to label negative things as black. We've fallen for it. Uh, yeah. We still we take and make slang words. We still uh, the brother was talking about can't. We put the N word on each other like it's a, a pair of pants, you know. And that's that's yeah. one of the things in our program. You cannot use the N word because of course words have power. We're shaping, and so here's what our words have shaped. Ignorance became the household leader. It, ignorance became the teacher. Ignorance is the the pauper. I was on the radio show today, and he asked me, he said, he said, Kevin, well, tell tell me, what do you think is, uh, you know, one of our biggest problems? I said, breeding. That's where all the sin is in the African American culture. Men marginalize women, lower themselves. Children are either born or aborted. The process, love, is not in the creation of a child, so we're. Uh, we're lusting kids, so what's the number one ingredient? How can, how can we say many kids love them? Look at look at how many kids. If you just show them a little love, you can pull them. You can you can kidnap black children just by loving them and walk them completely away from their homes. You're, you're talking yeah. a number of things that we must do, and the only way that we're gonna do is when men and I and I stress this wholeheartedly. Is when men, when we stop blaming them mm-hmm. and fix us, that's yeah. when it all heals. Because all they did was follow suit. They follow suit to the feminist movement. They follow suit to the to the welfare movement. There is a number of women who did not follow suit. If you notice more and more and more, now our sisters are turning to natural hair. They're waking up to the whole process of natural hair. We got women turned on to women. So now we got this woman-on-woman phenomenon. Because we've, we've got women who uh, say that they're just as strong as men. Uh, we have this, we have a number of illnesses that guess what it was created from? No fathers being in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Loving fathers. And, and don't get me wrong, we were only providing in the 50s, so it was just as bad back then, too. We just, once it was unleashed through the civil rights movement, the hate for ourselves. We didn't understand that. We didn't understand that a man had to go work 16 hours and he would come home and he'd be angry and couldn't see his wife or his wife couldn't see him back in the 50s and the 60s. You know, and, 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 and one of the other things that I discovered, even in Detroit, in 1920, we had black businesses in the, in the city of Detroit. And, and as of 1970-something, all those black businesses have been sold. And now the, the catcher of that 75% dollar is Arab descent in the city of Detroit. They got all the stores and everything. And so we sold out because we thought we were free. 
we went to pimping. We went to uh, talking to women, and we was outside the house. The woman yeah. didn't even understand her role, so all she could do was use words to push you out the house. We was womanizing and everything. We are right now, I wrote a post today, right now, what is wrong with America, period, is this men, both whites and blacks. It's this men. While we do not consider the reaping of racism, all you got to do is look at us, at the black-on-black crime, and then go over there and look at the white males with suicide, and then look at us toward each other, and look at across the board of men in this country, and you'll find that we are the problem, just as those wars were. You have to reap from that, just as those wars were, just as those antics were. What goes around comes around. We have to better ourselves as men and leaders and continuously teach the young generation to be better leaders so the next phase of these young men, they'll be fathers to their children. They'll be in the home. I'm writing a book, Fathers from Brokenness, right now, where they'll be in the home. That's what we have to do. Uh, Divorce will uh, turn back around because what we're starting to see is our value, notice in this country, uh, blacks, we have not grown since before the civil rights movement. We've been at 12, 13%. And, and the reason why is because, no, we're not looking at the value. Here's our value. We have a high abortion rate that they can statistic. And so I believe the abortion rate is connected directly to the murder rate. It is no way that you can have a high abortion rate and not be affected by death either because if we believe what goes around comes around or reaping what you sow, these are the things that is hurting us more than anything. So the women are angry. You know, they, the women are angry because they see all these other loving couples of these other people, and they're so, and they don't understand. Well, why I can't have them? And then their man is caught up. We caught up. We was caught up in the drug game. Look at the education. We flipped. We are flipping, bro. And so what we have to do is we're turning turning this thing around. I don't see it as other people see it. We're flipping. More and more men are involved in their kids' life. Uh, It jumped 22%. Uh, More and more men are there and taking taking full control of the children and their homes and being in their life. Some men may not. There's an element of stay-at-home dad's 20th year of convention this year. Men are men are turning the tide on this situation, but what we have to do is we really have to begin to cut the negative from ourselves. We have to share the information, like I was saying earlier, uh, for fatherhood as well, and that's what we do, and, and, and I'm open to it, man. We're open to share the information. I actually have my 50th birthday party. I set it up on a Tuesday. Everybody thinks they're coming to party. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to unite the whole room. As soon as they come to my 50th birthday party, I'm going to unite the whole world. You can't leave here without leaving me a resource, and I want to connect my movement to all of you guys' business, and let's build some corporations for these children to come home to because we're destroying men at an alarming rate, both white and black. Gentlemen, and this that, has been an and, awesome. And this has been awesome. If you don't awesome. mind me saying, please. If you don't I, mind me saying, please. Uh, I... I'm going to actually be going soon, but I'd like to share my information. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. 
Well, before uh, you do I that, before you do that, I've already yeah. connected you all. I've connected I all of you um, two different places on my wall um, under two different posts. You both, you all should have gotten a notification of two different tags, and it has Thomas Gossier, Joey White, Calvin Mann, Victor Jarvis. All of you are connected on that post, and if there are other people who listen to this and want to find you, I want to put your bios on the bmq.mobi website so that way you all can share your backgrounds, your companies, your website, your email, all of that, um, and be there 24-7, 365. You'll always be there. And if you forget someone's name, all you have to do is go back to bmq.mobi and look at the bios under the conference call, the quarterly mentoring call, and you all will be able to find each other. And as the number grows, you'll be able to keep finding each other. And so um, the, Don't close what out you yet. can do, I'm not going to close it yet, bmq at hbcukids.com is the email. And you can send, if you haven't already, um, send your bio or if you want to send an update to your bio. And like I said, include anything. There's no space limit. You know, send a photo, send a picture of your logo, you know, whatever it is that you want to share. Um, you know, we want, we want, we don't want this just to be a one, once a quarter call. Calvin once said, I wish this happened every week. And I said, you know, it's going to go so fast. These months are going to fly by so fast. It's going to seem like I can't believe we just had one. Our next call is going to be on December the 1st at 8 o'clock p.m. It's always going to be the first day of the first of that quarter. So the first day of the new quarter. So for fourth quarter, the next call is going to be December 1st. So I'm going to allow each one of you to give your, you know, closing 60-second or so remarks, and then uh, somebody can close us out in prayer. So we'll start with Mr. Jarvis. Thank you. Um, just to uh, conclude on the situation with the black men being a part of their families, um, I, when I was younger, I didn't know my rights. Um, you know, had a child out of wedlock and the woman was playing games. And um, I had, you know, I was a little bad boy. So I was kind of promiscuous and, you know, getting little uh, tickets for disorderly conduct and just stupid things uh, because my father wasn't in my life to give me that structure. And just thinking about going to family court and seeing a judge, what I did was I kind of put that in my my head like I didn't want to see another judge because, you know, I was going to court for disorderly conduct and I was around with, you know, when NWA exploded. NWA, young nigga got it back as in brown. So, you know, uh, I, I didn't want to see a judge, and I didn't know my rights. What we need to do is educate our young black men on their rights, mm-hmm. and that they can go to family court, and they can get uh, custody or visitation of their children because a lot of women are playing with these children, and I've been toyed with in the same fashion. So that's one solution that we, we need to come to so that we can help to edu- educate the younger uh, black men that they can go to court and they can get visitation, even if they're not working, because some of them are not working, but they want to see their child, and they still have a right to see their children. 
So, I mean, I just kind of wanted to put that in the air. Guys, I'd love to connect with you all. I see she did add us on Facebook, and I'm going to need to be getting my daughter very shortly. But, uh, you know, it's a pleasure speaking with all of you. Okay. And, and Joey White, thank you for that. Thank you so much. Blessed to have you, you here. Ooh, I don't I don't know what to say. Um, y'all said it all. I'm, I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the baby in this situation. <laughs> y'all y'all like Usain Bolt, and I'm still watching on TV. But uh, uh, I want to thank y'all for uh, you know taking the uh, time out of your busy days to come and uh, talk to me and us and everybody. You know because it, you know sharing of information is a very vital thing. Um, I like what the brother had to say, you know, in regards to everyone uh, working together, uh, you know, all races and everything. And that that, that is something that uh, probably needs to be done eventually. But uh, it, for me, um, I, I, I need, want, and desire to focus on my people first because we have a very broken people. And we can't sit and fix anything else until we learn to fix ourselves. We have broken relationships with other races and everything, but we have to fix ourselves first. We talked about black-on-black um, -black crime and everything, but that's a direct um, correlation to back to slavery and, and, and even the problems we have with our women. All this leads back to slavery, and that's for another conversation, but we do need to work on fixing our own race before we can work with anyone else because if we can't get along in our own house, we can't invite anybody over for dinner, you know. So we have to first figure out how we can fix ourselves. Um, so I have no problem with working with you, brothers, uh, you know, if, if you allow me to. But um, my focus at this moment, I'm the Malcolm X in this situation, and I, and I need to work, with, work on my people. So if you can help me to figure out how we can help our own people, um, you know, along with working with everybody else, then, you know, we can we can do that. Um, you guys obviously have a lot of knowledge that I, I need to, you know, learn from. And uh, these calls are, are greatly appreciated. I'm glad that Joan and Tommy, you know, take the time to, you know, care about everyone. So um, hopefully the next call will be with more with more people that actually, you know, want to do something. Um, to fix our our people, and not just three people. <laughs> and Calvin. Uh, well, I uh, I I start this by saying I went and sat with uh, the headquarters. My where. Hello. 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 I'm still here. still there? I'm here. I think he dropped the call. It sounded like he just dropped out. Oh, okay. Um, Tommy went to check on the little ones. I I was just saying, closing. Um, you know, it's not really. I'm not. I'm not concerned that there's not a hundred people on this call because the replay could reach 100 people. I'm just glad for the people who did come. Each of you got on this call for a reason. It wasn't accidental. 
you know, Joey, believe it or not, God orchestrates things. So I know for a fact that this call was meant to happen exactly the way it happened. And I invite anyone that's listening to this replay to not be a spectator or, you know, just an auditory listener, but participate, take notes, because I took notes. and I, I put some of the notes in the um, BMQ invite, some, some of the um, videos from a memo of understanding and some of those tools that Calvin threw out, Joey, that you can tap into. I, I got some um, samples of what a memo of understanding and um, some videos. And that's what we want to do in each call is if there's some pearls or things that are going to help grow businesses or get jobs or promotions or whatever, definitely want to make sure it's part of the follow-up, and then we eventually get it on the website. So thank you all so much for taking the time out. Um, I am just filled up. I'm so excited. So I love you all, and um, we'll see uh, December 1st. At 8 o'clock p.m., be there or be square. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all take care. Bye-bye. All right, take care.